good time of the day, and welcome to another episode of And When I Say I Mean, I'm your host, Austin. And I am your other host, Adrian. Wow. Forgot the whole co-host thing this week. That's all right. I mean... Adrian, are you familiar with the song uh, Old Town Road? Uh, Is that... Are you talking about Country Road? Nope. I'm talking about Old Town Road by Lil Nas X. Oh, no, definitely. Wow, this music video looks... Okay, because you need to crank that up because it's amazing. I, I think I'm I'm a little behind the times in saying that this song is great, but it is great. It's like everything that's stupid about like internet rap mixed with everything that's stupid from country in just an amazing an amazing and Red product. Dead Redemption. Just the music video is Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> um my favorite line is got a cowboy hat from Gucci. Okay. Uh, and so it's the song is bad. It's dumb, but it's like it's a joke about country, like SoundCloud rap, both at the same time, while also being both of them at the same time. Fascinating. It's great. Anyway, it, it sounds interesting. You should you should fire it up. Also, Billy Ray Cyrus does a remix. Where he's singing the the chorus, so it's just like it's just like meme peak, I think. What has this world come to? Like Elon Musk singing a rap about Harambe is trying too hard. How is to that be peak to be peak memes? I think Billy Ray Cyrus remixing and being featured on a Tractor Trap song is peak the internet right now. Okay, I'm going to take your word for it, but... <laughs> it's so... No, okay. The song is really fun. For being for being incredibly dumb, it's so fun. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You you need to listen to it. Okay, I will... Uh, I'll take your word for it. No, that see, that's what people say <laughs> when they're not going to listen to to I what mean, I tell them I to listen to. I listened to the first, like, two seconds of it just now. No. No, you didn't get even to the rap part then. I listened to R.I.P. Harambe. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay. So this is much better than R.I.P. Harambe. I just don't just understand like, how you can get more of a meme. Like, what's more meme no, 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 than no, no. Harambe and Elon Musk? See, that's Own the problem. Elon though. Musk it's, singing about Harambe. It's too it's too memey but, to really uh, be a good meme. I guess I don't understand memes. This is already known. See, it's too mainstream to really be a good meme. Okay, okay. Like, well, those are mainstream memes. I will memes. listen to it afterwards. Okay, good. I'm not going to stop now. Oh, it, yeah, don't listen to it now. No. For everyone um, who's at home, though, listen and come back. We'll still be here. <laughs> I mean, they can pause it. I know, that's what I'm saying. Or you could not pause it. I mean... What's really going to happen in the next two minutes and 40 seconds? I don't know. I was going to talk about that I'm sick, and I was going to ask if you are sick, oh, too. Oh, hey, yes. Sick Brothers podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am worried that I'm far too stressed. That doesn't seem good. No. And that's what well, has caused your illness? I think so. Okay. So my thesis proposal is due in, like, two weeks. Right. Um, And I have a conference 
uh, next week. So I just submitted my conference paper mm-hmm. and I'm working on the presentation now. I am very behind the, the times. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That sounds terrible. I don't think that my illness is stress-induced. Um, oh the stresses of my modern office have driven me into a deep sickness. I think mine is more uh, just sick, you know. Although mm. on Tuesday I did run approximately two miles in the rain, sleet, and snow. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. my friend who I was running with told me that it is clinically proven that being in the rain does not increase your risk to be sick. I don't really believe him, to be honest. Um, it depends. It Like, uh, by itself, no, you also have to be exposed to pathogens. Right. Um, so. Well, for what it's worth, I was already sick before, mm-hmm. and then I ran two miles out in the rain. Yeah. But, yeah, I, like, met somebody for the first time today, and I felt really, like, raspy and mm-hmm. gravelly talking like I was an old country singer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, I hope he doesn't think I sound like this all the time. I mean, maybe you could just be who's his name from The Star is Born. Bradley Cooper. Yeah, I really did not like his voice in that. I have not seen it. It's okay. I was also devastated this morning. Okay. uh, That the argument was on hiatus. I completely forgot about it. So I wake up this morning just waiting to sink my ears into some juicy the argument. <laughs> but it wasn't there and so it happens sometimes that the podcasts don't show up when they should. So uh-huh. I text dad to say, Where on earth is the argument? This is a nightmare and I sent it, immediately remembered that they were taking a week off. Wow. And it was sad. Wow, your life sounds like it's in terribleness right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what I did this weekend. I went to Ottawa. Solid. Mm-hmm. How was that? It was it was nice. Uh we went to we were celebrating a birthday. Solid. And so okay. M- mixed feelings about this place called Moscow Tea House. Okay. First first off, it's not an authentic Russian tea experience. Uh, I really wanted someone to come out with the samovar, and I really wanted them to be like a law student who had dropped out and wasn't really like employed, but kind of like just kind of bumming it around on their couch while slowly going insane. But that so, didn't happen. So you wanted to walk into a Russian novel? Exactly. It's called Moscow Tea Room. Okay. Okay. Uh, but it was just like a normal tea place that said it was Moscow. The server wasn't Russian. Uh, there was a quote from Pushkin there, which was nice. That's good. But I had all kinds of. I ate all kinds of new things while I was in Ottawa. I had sushi for the first time. Solid. I had clotted cream for the first time. That sounds bad. Uh, <laughs> it sounds bad, but it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, I had it on a scone with strawberry jam. Okay. Uh, I had macarons for mm. the first time. Let me tell you, they are delicious. Yeah. 
uh, like I thought it was just gonna be like a regular cookie. Think again. It's like soft Brother. and like crispy at the same time. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. It's like a. Have you ever had a pavlova? No. It's like a pavlova, but better because it tastes more like cookies than <laughs> eggs. Fair. So that's what I did. Nice. Nice. We went to the National Gallery again. Solid. And to West Saturday morning. Yeah. We had our history of missions class. Um. So we talked about missions to the Native Americans, mm-hmm. which was depressing at best. Yeah. Um. And then we talked about the Crusades, which is just downright horrifying um so that was fun you haven't read the book um something about an archbishop no i mean most likely not an archbishop Mm. no it's kind of a it's kind of about failed missions to the native americans Uh and it's, it's just about missions to native americans basically yeah so that was good, and then hung out with my friend Evan, and we went and got ice cream, because nice. ice cream place was open. We walked to get ice cream. I got peanut butter obsession, which was amazing. Peanut butter ice cream with peanut butter swirl with Reese's peanut butter cups. Nice. Maybe the best ice cream I've ever had. We talked about roasting coffee, so I think we're going to mm-hmm. roast some coffee soon. So this week I did some research about um, how to roast your own coffee beans. Mm -hmm. So I think the plan for this weekend, which reminds me I need to text Evan, is that we're going to go to Goodwill, try to find a bread maker, because Mm -hmm. I've read about modifying a bread maker and having a heat gun to roast coffee beans. So. Oh, okay. Looking to try Uh, that. I I hear you have to listen for the the first crack. Yes. (sighs) And then if you want a darker medium roast, you listen for the second crack. Yeah. I was talking to this guy who described himself as the Walter White of coffee preparation. Interesting. Um, So hopefully he's not using it as a front to sell drugs, but... Yeah, yeah. Anyways, and then Saturday evening slash into the night, we had... um, Nick Lines come up, who is like one of the leaders in our church plant in Brooklyn, and so he talked to the us youth leaders beforehand about how we need to be making sure that we are leading ourselves well in order to lead others well, um, which was good because I feel like I do not lead myself well, especially recently. Mm. Um, so that was challenging, but good. And then he led our alpha youth alpha course, which we're doing. Um, mm-hmm. And then on Tuesday, another fun thing. So after I ran two miles in the rain, mm-hmm. went over to a friend's house, and we played Harry Potter trivia, Trivial nice. Pursuit, and Lord of the Rings Trivial Pursuit, which is also... I, f- I feel like you're better at Harry Potter. Much better. Although I w- yeah. I'm not terrible <laughs> at... Lord of the Rings Trivial Pursuit. But I feel like you're worse than people would expect. At Lord of the Rings Trivial Pursuit? Yeah. I mean, I'm better than some people. I'm not better than well, others. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
Um, one of my favorite question for Lord of the Rings trivia that I oh hit me was, with it. Um, it's not gonna be like it's. It, I'll t- explain why it was fun afterwards. Oh, it was uh who uh said that they were barely involved with the uh killing uh, of the dragon Gandalf. Yeah, but I Snooze. did it. I did it in a Gandalf voice, you know, like you said. Oh. I was for the murder of the dragon. I was barely involved. Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. So, um, so that was enjoyable. But yes, I was much better at Harry Potter trivia, except for all yeah. the stupid ones that had to do with the movie. And then I oh. felt like one of those like know-it-all brats who were like, "That's not in the books. It's like this, but in the movie, mm-hmm. it's not. It's lame." Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't yeah, so, feel too bad about myself because I continued to do it and will yeah. continue to do that. Yeah. So speaking of book snobs, mm-hmm. you know what's coming back soon? Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was going to say yes, got. it is. <laughs> but then I decided that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Although it's coming back as a television leaving. series. Yeah, and the the series is coming back. Mm-hmm. I don't really intend to talk about the TV series, but what I do intend to talk about, I love watching Game of Thrones fan theory videos. Good ones, bad ones. I love them all. Okay, does this does this so is your love for Game of Thrones fan theory videos just because of Game of Thrones, just because of fan theories or exclusively Game of Thrones fan theories? Um, no, I, I really like all fan theories. Uh, it's just, it's easy to find really bad Game of Thrones fan theories that okay. I can watch. So I think I mentioned the other day I was watching, um, mm-hmm. Endgame fan theories with my yeah. roommate. I, I, I don't know if this is what you were like, which I think it is, but for some reason you enjoy it. I just get angry when I watch fan theories because of how much I think that they're wrong. Maybe that's really conceited of mm-hmm. me to say. It definitely is. But I just get upset because I'm like, no, these people don't have a clue what they're talking about. No, I like I like all of them just because... But I So I, I, I will argue specifically for Game of Thrones because there's so much... There's so much you can get into with Game of Thrones. I think it makes the fan theories... More fun because people can be like, well, if you look at such and such reference, 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 mm-hmm. there's just there's not as much um, actual content I think from the MCU. Eh. The, unless unless you count the comics, yeah, then it's like infinite. But right, but so I I think that helps Game of Thrones be confined to this pretty well defined canon. Okay. And that people just pour over this cannon, like, I don't know, you're people seizing a fort or something. Interesting analogy. Um, <laughs> so that's... I was so, trying to be a play on cannon. Oh, okay. I see that now. It went <laughs> over my head like a <laughs> mist-fired shot. Yeah. Um, so, So you enjoy it because people are delving deep into a specific group of texts in order to try to predict the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I love, there's this one, uh, YouTube channel dedicated to game of Thrones fan theories. It's called talking thrones. And it reminds me of, 
You remember my copy of Leaves of Grass? Um, Leaves of Grass. Oh, yes. By the, Walt Whitman. By Walt Whitman. Yeah, I was reading yeah. it this summer. So I have a copy of Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. What's I the found channel it called? Fr- uh, Talking Thrones. I found this copy for free at the book sale. And I'm like, hmm, this looks nice. I wonder why it's free. And then I open it up and start leaving through it. And I'm like, oh, this is why it's free. Someone had written all over the inside of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so as I'm reading Leaves of Grass, I am struck by how clueless this writer is. Uh, the person who's writing these notes. And she clearly has no idea what Walt Whit- Okay. I'm assuming it's a girl based on the handwriting. She clearly has no something. idea what's going on in any of these poems, what he means. And to me, it's great. I don't often like reading what people write in, but I do kind of like it sometimes because for this, it's like, it's, it seems like the, the opposite of me to talking thrones where this person who's reading Walt Whitman is like, okay, I know there's supposed to be something deep and meaningful here. I have no idea what it is. This is stupid. Mm-hmm. And so Talking Thrones is like, I know there's supposed to be something deep and meaningful here. I know exactly what it is. And the rest of you all are stupid. Um, but I think he's bad. <laughs> like, I don't actually recommend Talking Thrones. <laughs> it, the, <laughs> to me, so you're like the, Talking Thrones to Talking Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I enjoy watching Talking Thrones because he's so bad and so invested. It's it's fascinating to me. Th- to recommend an actual good theory channel about Game of Thrones, Alt-Shift-X is actually good. Um, but I love watching Talking Thrones uh, because he's so he's so committed to to Game of Thrones. And I can tell that he has this deep burning desire to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like, I don't know, it's like amazing and sad at the same time. Okay, okay. I The only Game of Thrones, I haven't seen any Game of Thrones theories. I, I want to go back to what you just said, but uh, the sidetrack. The only one that I ever wanted to watch was the, the somebody had a theory about Bran being the Witch King. Oh, that's my greatest theory. Right, right, right. I saw that, and that was the only one I was tempted to watch because I just hate fan theories. Mm. Um, I, I guess I'm going to take another step back. Sure. I think the problem that I have with fan theories is probably that I am just very conceited in mm. reality um, and that I think that I am the only one who's right. Um, mm-hmm. and so I I don't know if that's probably terrible. It is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, just upon reflection, I think that that <laughs> is probably my reason why I don't like fan theories is because I think that I'm right and everybody else is stupid, which mm-hmm. I should probably work on that. Um, but anyways, I just you, love the pathos of these videos. Right, so you said that this person has a desire to know, or he knows that there's something deeper and has this just undying desire to find that, but he Mm -hmm. can't do it and he's 
doing it in a terrible job. <laughs> yeah, I think he's really bad at it. Like, his latest video uh, was, he was like, I have wondered, ever since the White Walkers appeared on screen, how are they going to kill the Night's King? And I'm like, oh, you sweet summer child. <laughs> that is so not the point at all, right? ever, of this book series. And so the whole video, he goes on talking about normal Lightbringer theories. And he's talking about it like he's coming up with these Lightbringer theories. I'm like, guy, Melisandre just comes out and says these things about Lightbringer. Anyways, I, I, are you prepared to leave Game of Thrones? Because I am. Oh, well, I guess. Well, just I don't know I'll, where are you going. <laughs> well, so this this seems like it's it is telling us about life and about human. Oh yeah, I know. That's but I mean we can we can keep talking about Game of Thrones. I but I, I don't think, care about that. But no, I think I have more examples from Game of Thrones about people missing the point. Like right. have you seen have you but, seen their latest marketing posters run? No. Their latest poster run is all the main characters sitting on the Iron Throne, and they have their catchphrase, and it's like, who will win the Iron Throne? And I'm like, right, marketing team, uh, what are you guys doing? That's, okay. not the, that's not the point. This is what I want to talk about. So I, talk. So I think why people love fan theories and why there are so many fan theories about so about everything, right? You can find fan theories about anything from game of Thrones to the office to mm-hmm. anything, right? Why? I think it's because of that idea, right? We, we have this desire to find something deeper. We have this desire to find something more. And if we don't believe that that can be found in our current life in this mm-hmm. world, we have to find it in another world. And so yeah. I think that that points to something that is very, like, very much human, right? Is that mm-hmm. we have this underlying feeling that there is something more, that there is something out there, that there are hints and clues from my life and the history past that point to something and we just have this desire to find what that is Mm -hmm. and so i think that that's why we have such an infatuation for fan theories and mythologies maybe that's maybe mythology is too far different direction but i think that that's kind of what this gets at and then so i don't you can i do want to get back to that idea about the promotional thing too Mm -hmm. but yeah it's just it seems like with the the like distrust of meta narratives uh you know is the kind of the the thing of postmodernism it's like okay we don't trust any of the meta narratives about our own lives and so that all that desire for meta narratives is just whoosh, transferred onto game of thrones and it's like okay every single utterance from george r r martin is going to have just wells of meaning springing mm-hmm. from it, or not like whoever, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, Darth Darth Jar Jar, right? Right. Is like, okay, there has to be a reason for Jar Jar being like this because George Lucas is infallible. I don't right. actually. I feel. I th- I feel like the creator of Darth Jar Jar is more self-aware than right. Game of Thrones fan theories, but it's like. 
Okay. There has to be a reason for this, or it wouldn't be included. That, oh, I was watching a video about the hound, and uh, the video was called, What's the Purpose of the Hound? And I was like, oh, that's so sad. The And it's like, if, it, basically they were saying that the hound, a.k.a. Sandra Clegane, needs to have a role to play yet in the final battle for him to be worth talking about still. And I'm like, is he dead in the ah. in the movie show? Uh no, he is he's confirmed to be alive in the TV show. Okay. And he's not confirmed to be alive in the books. Right. Though he definitely it's is. It's arguable. I think he's dead. No. Wrong. <laughs> um but I'm like uh, the, the 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 plot's not important for Sandra Clegane. The the themes are important for Sandra Clegane. What I want to see from Sandra Clegane is not that he has some grand purpose in defeating the the great other. I want him to see just like him living a peaceful life with the the faith, burying dead people. That's what I want to see from Sandra Clegane. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a better representation of the themes I think George R. R. Martin is trying to convey than him fighting up in the north with mm-hmm. Jon Snow. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I unless I don't really want to keep going down random fan theories. These aren't no, all of these things are important, right? It's like it's not about if if our lives are just about I need to advance some plot for something uh-huh. or were worthless. Like th- what if you're not serving a purpose to my own plot, what are you here for? That's such a destructive way to think about things. Well, or you just find out how you fit into a larger plot. No, I'm talking about say okay, if I am the hero if if my question for people is how do you serve a function in this narrative and you don't so you're extraneous to my narrative that's such a destructive way of thinking what do you mean by your narrative my narrative like if i'm framing myself so i'm imagining i am a person who is a devotee of talking thrones okay and so i imagine that my life is like Game of Thrones and I'm like Jon Snow and I have some great fate to destroy the Night King by pulling Lightbringer from the... after quenching it in the heart of Nisa Nisa. And so I'm like, well, if Sandra Clegane doesn't have a role, I don't care because all it is is about me defeating the Great Other. I think that's a bad way to look at the world. Okay, I think I understand what you're saying, but I think the problem is is that you're making yourself the hero, that you're making yourself the main character. Yeah. Like, wh- why am I not Sander Clegane in this story? Yeah, why not? But I don't, I don't think that's how people... Like, everyone is pretty... Um, inherently self-centered because you live in yourself 
Right. So so I guess that that's my that's the point that I kind of want to talk about, right? Like if we're trying to find something greater in our life, that means that there's something that that the story is not about me. So right, like to go back to Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. if I'm trying to find meaning in Game of Thrones or if I'm trying to find the the greater story, right? It's not about any of those characters in reality. Mm-hmm. It's about the larger story that's being told. And so if if I'm trying to find meaning in life, it doesn't help me to say, okay, I need to be like Jon Snow or I need to be a Zora High to be able to have meaning. And anyone else who's just the Hound or Patchface, they don't have any point in this story. No, that's not true because... <laughs> the greater story is larger than that and encompasses everything and you need to have patch face and little tommy what was that guy's name that it was in king's landing pot um, pot fry pot tail podrick podrick Payne. we need all of those characters even if they're tiny to play their roles so that in the end yes maybe john snow becomes zora high and defeats the villain but but the point is not about like how does everybody fit into my story the point is about like how do i get out of my story and fit into a larger story that encompasses everybody i, I don't i don't know i think i think that is the problem is that we're too focused on our own stories and i i am the same right i'm too focused mm-hmm. on my own story and not about how myself and others fit into a larger story i don't know i i am i guess unsurprisingly going to say that we're too worried about ourselves having stories right i'm not saying that we have a story i'm saying that we're a part of a larger story no no no. i i think we're too concerned about the world having stories what do you mean because i like most most of our lives are plotless so if like if i was an editor or if i was someone who's looking like to think that every utterance needs to be just a fount of meaning i would look at most of someone's life and says okay we can cut most of this because it doesn't serve any function and i want to rebel against that and say that the the in-between moments are the ones that make like that's everything is the between the mo the in-between moments and it, and it's not about what you're doing it's about why you're doing things yeah i feel like we want to be saying different things or we're trying well, to let's say, say different d- things i i know i am <laughs> you're clearly trying to say different things for me I don't I don't know. I mean so you're saying you're saying that we're too caught up in being self-centered and I'm saying that we're too caught up in caring about narrative. Yeah. And I I think both of those are true. Right. And um, I and I think even I don't I don't know. I don't want to say that like sure maybe most of my story like most of my life will get cut out but like why does it have to be that way so like why does it have to be that most of my life is just going to to be 
not a part of the story. For instance, so to to further that point, going mm-hmm. back to Game of Thrones and talking about the the throne whatever advertisement. Yep. The the whole point of Game of Thrones is that they are distracted by the th- Iron Throne from mm-hmm. the actual impending doom. And so why do we follow Jon Snow? Because he is one of the first people to realize, hey, there's a larger problem. I don't know about the show. Hey, there's a larger problem than this stupid Iron Throne and something greater out there that is going to destroy us. And so, yeah, John messes up, and I'm sure there's parts of John's story that aren't worth telling. But he chooses to, like, live his life in a way that is going to be trying to defend not only himself but the whole world from this mm-hmm. larger evil. And so his story does get told because he's taking a role in that. And so, yeah, my life might look boring, but I also think that my life doesn't have to always look like that. If I say, okay, Hey, there is a larger story out there and I'm distracted by whatever the iron throne is in my life from what is something greater that's out there that I need to be putting my time into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I agree, but, what yeah what i would want to say is that all stories and all moments are worth telling regardless of what the story or purpose of them is if like if you're doing it for the right reason so right i get I'm, like right that's a big if, if. like if i don't know if i agree with that <coughs> what no like everything you do, do it for the glory of God, right? So like, but if I'm not if, like, but if if my life is not being lived for the glory of God, then why is that story worth telling? To, like, learn from it. I guess. Right. That it's that's what I like about Game of Thrones series videos because I get to see these people just like yearning for things. Right. Like I don't care about the theories because I think they're wrong. I like them because I it's like the human drama of desiring things something in your life to be valuable and be like understandable. But I don't want to like I don't know you're probably not saying this but I don't want to just like sit and watch YouTube and and enjoy the drama of someone like failing to realize that there is a <laughs> like there is a god and that our stories need to be or should be told in line with this story, right? Like, I don't want to just sit there and do that when I can tell them, hey, like, see all this effort and, and like, like pride and power. and or Like, you're putting all this effort into this, which has no meaning. But, like, imagine if I said, hey, there is a deeper story in this world that you live in now and that can have impact in the things that you're doing now. Like... Isn't that greater know. than just watching someone on YouTube keep talking about Game of Thrones and being well, wrong? Well, yeah, yeah, but that, like that doesn't mean that even if w- what someone what someone does is ultimately pointless, I don't think it makes it not valuable, right? Because someone is doing it. Like I, I yeah, right. Like God is watching all of us and seeing what we're doing. 
And so shouldn't we like share in that observation? Don't like, I think seeing people where they're at is a powerful thing. No, no, I agree. I don't, I don't want to say that we shouldn't do that. I think, yeah, we should see people where they're at, but I, I want to tell them that there's something better. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I, I still think it's like, it's, it's like too. I don't know, exotic thinking for our life. Like, I think most of our life is going to look like someone who is never mentioned at all in any book series. And so if we want our lives to be these grand stories of um, war and peace and life and death, they're not going to look like that. And so it's, it's, not a, it's not about what we're doing. It's about how we're doing it and why we're doing it that I think is where the meaning really is. Like, it doesn't matter how you kill the Night King. It matters why you kill the Night King. Or, uh, like, is is it valuable to kill the Night King? I mean, sure. But I, I, I just don't want to be sitting around and being like, okay, yeah, it's great. I can knit for the right reasons, and that's fine. Right, I guess, like, yes, I'm not going to take away anything from anybody who lives their life for the glory of God and does everything great. But I also don't want to limit ourselves to that, right? I don't want to say, like, yeah, I, I, I mean, yes, of course, like, who knows what my life is going to look like. I'm I'm not going to go defeat the Night King, whatever that looks like in this world. Mm-hmm. But, like, wh- why should I settle for being, you know barmaid number three when I can strive for something greater than that. I don't know. I think there's lots of beauty in being barmaid number three. I guess. I just feel like we're called to more than that. Like what? Like missions is mostly just like going to events and talking to people. Right. But like that's 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 just normal life. But I still think, like, in the scope of things, that that's better than just saying, okay, I'm going to live my life by myself, right? So, like, if I'm you... Not, no, I'm not saying that. I, like, appreciate the... Appreciate everything in your life, even if it's purposeless. Like, it's not that you shouldn't appreciate the things that have purpose, but it's learning to appreciate the things that don't seem to have purpose because I, I think if you're like why you're doing something is, is more important than, than what you do. I get, I, I don't know. I don't like the idea of saying appreciate the things that don't have purpose. I feel like I do many things that don't have purpose. And I think those are like the worst parts of who I am. Like what? Like sitting around watching YouTube, playing Hearthstone, like just watching television all these things have no point yeah but they're like they're part of you i don't like, know like like some someone put a lot of effort into youtube someone put a lot of effort into making hearthstone but, but like, they're keeping they're keeping me from things that are greater it's like saying that i want the iron throne and not like it, it's sitting on the iron throne while the the white watchers come and kill you Right? Like, no, 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 no. 
I mean, maybe, but it's like I don't I don't want people to care about the throne and be okay with not being the one to defeat um the night king. I really want everyone to be the hound. I don't know. I I just I I don't feel like there's any point. Like what what's the point of the iron throne? Like like how does that have any point? Okay. If the if they don't kill the White Walkers, there's no gonna there's gonna be no one to sit on the Iron Throne. Okay. So why does it matter? Um, because people care about it. I don't I don't think that just because people care about something means that everybody should well, care about it. Well, no, 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 they shouldn't. But it, like, people should care about the people. And right, so but, that, but like <laughs> you have to kill the White Walkers in order to care about the people. Um, okay, but at, at my Sandra Clegane analogy is not that you should continue to care about the Iron Throne. It's that like you should be you should be able to appreciate the life that you have outside of these sweeping history and politics and. Um, world-ending fights against the Night King. Like I, th- I think but, but, Sandra Clegane is be like doing the best thing that he can possibly do by not fighting the Night King. I don't know if I believe that at all. Like he has no peaceful life outside of the wars if the world doesn't exist. No, no, no. Just assume. For for Santa Clegane, I this is not an analogy or it's not an allegory; it's a metaphor. So, Santa Clegane, the the world is going to get saved, and so I want Santa Clegane to be to be able to set aside his his past and look to redeem the future by not fighting. Okay, I I just <laughs> I don't I don't that's fine. I think for what it's worth, like in that context, sure. But I don't yeah. I don't want my takeaway to be okay. I'm just gonna go live with the monks and bury dead people. Yeah, I, that that's not what I'm trying to say. I I think we are by and large, far too concerned about events that are taking place and not why they're taking place or why we're responding to things in the way that we are. Why do you think that that is? Um, Because it's harder to ask why. Right, right, and I think that that's kind of the point I was trying to make at the beginning is like, if we want to not be, because I think maybe what you're saying is like, I feel like society is so driven by the things that are happening, right? How politics are going, what happens in the world. Is this kind of what you're trying to say? Like, 
Yeah. Like our moods and all of or the, our actions and things is, is so driven by what we see in the media. Mm-hmm. And so like what I was kind of trying to say is like if we want to be able to live like Sander Clegane, right, in the mm-hmm. midst of all these things that are going on and bringing anxiety, we have to find something that's outside of and greater than those things, right, to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so uh, I guess to me, to me, that's the theme of the book, and not even, not even the White Walkers, because I I think the White Walkers are less important than the theme. What is the theme? Uh, I mean, there are many themes, uh, but I think. What's the theme yeah. that, that you're saying here with the hound? Oh, the the theme about the with the hound is like the, um, like perpetuating cycles of violence. Okay. And so for him to be able, like in the show, Daenerys yells about breaking the wheel for some reason. Like if the hound can actually break the wheel of violence in his life, and work to. Um, atone for for you know some of the the harm that he's caused i think that is that's more important or like that's as important to to game of thrones as as our whatever his name is defeating the others Mm -hmm. okay but i so yeah but I think we don't break those cycles in our own lives on our own. Yeah, sure. Right. So, again, we need to find something that's greater outside of that in order for us to get there. Like, I don't want to just talk about Game of Thrones. I want to say, how does this apply to our lives? Yeah, I know. And just just say it. Right, like, I'm using Game of Thrones as a metaphor, though. Right, but I feel like you're too trapped in Game of Thrones. But maybe it's no, just no, 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 you're... no, no. I'm, I'm worried that you are just, you're replacing one plot for a bigger overarching plot. Where I think the theme is the bigger overarching, overarching thing. So you're saying like the theme of redemption. Um, yeah. Right. So I guess the the reason why I don't necessarily like that in the analogy if I'm trying to tie it to Christianity, right, is mm-hmm. then that makes it about us. And I guess and I guess because this the overarching larger story of Christianity is not about it's not even it's not really about our redemption. Like it's about God and how he then redeems his people. And so, mm-hmm. yes, it's kind of like that, but I don't know. I guess that's why I'm more hesitant. Yeah, but it's, it's like I what I would be worried about if I'm taking your your position um, to say that, like, we all need to be out on the front lines winning souls for Christ all the time like it doesn't take away from you 
if you're you're living well in your normal life, you know? I mean, yes and no. Like, if you are being the body of Christ, you're being the body of Christ. Right, but I, I guess... I don't... I feel like I've been challenged lately of, like, what are the things that I do say and do and the practices that I do that prevent me from... Or, like that give me a pass from going out and being on the front lines. And and by the way, I I don't think the front lines look like anything special. I think it can be your next door neighbor or your person you work next to, right? Like that's the front lines. And maybe that's what you're getting at, right? Like Yeah, I agree. Like the front lines for many people is not going to be in a far off country. But what I don't want to fall into is like okay, I'm not on the front lines, even though I am every single day. Mm-hmm. And well, I don't, I, yeah. I don't, I don't want to get into a place of of comfort and saying, okay, I can just, you know, go to church and read my Bible and go to Bible study and be good. Sure, you are, but I, uh, I think we give ourselves. We tell ourselves lies in order to, like, so that we don't have to go out and share the gospel. I, I at least, I don't know. Okay, yeah, but so I, I'm, so quoting Martin, quoting Faulkner, the only thing worth writing about is the human heart in conflict with itself. So to me, the front lines is within ourselves, and when we win victories there like like helping your neighbor or um like doing good in the world is winning victories within ourselves and so then we act out the 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 love of Christ when that love is within us right like john so you... says when when you have love in you it drives out um <coughs> sin i don't think do doing good defeats sin in our lives i don't it sounded like it sounded like you were saying going out and loving your neighbor is going to make you internally a better christian nope i'm saying they are correlated okay i would also i mean i don't know i feel like Recently, I've been challenged more to think, okay, how do I make sure that my life is right? And then when I have that good, then I can go, then like I'm going to be free to like really live out for Christ. Like just recently, just thinking about, okay, like what I think something that drives me a lot that I don't even haven't really thought about is like. I want the approval of other people and I find that approval from other people more important than like approval from God. And so like that prevents me from being effective in spreading the gospel and loving people because if I'm making my relationships with other people about what I can get from them, that's not loving, right? Right. 
So I have to. It's it's not about going out and loving other people because I can't do that unless I fix what's wrong with me first. Um, I don't. I don't know. I think they're they're correlated. Like one goes with the other. As, like, as you become more internally Christ-like, you become more externally Christ-like. Right. But I I don't want to. I don't know. Maybe people are different. But I think like. And I think going the other way is you become more externally Christ-like, like truly Christ-like, you become more internally Christ-like. I'm just, yeah. And and I think just personally, I, I feel like I'm trying to find that balance. And like, can I actually be Christ-like externally if I'm not Christ-like internally first? I don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm doing good things for the wrong reason it doesn't matter that i'm doing good things right and so like it's not about what we do it's about why we do them right and i think that's the point of game of thrones i still think it kind of matters what we do but right it does matter what we do but i as important, or if not more important, it's about why we do them. Like, why does Jamie kill the Mad King? Is it because he is a coward slash traitor? Or is it because he's trying to save the world? Or King's Landing? Like, that makes a difference. Right. And so I guess we're not talking about science today. Yeah, sorry. So, what I fear about watching these videos is that everyone misses all of the points, and it's about how do I externalize or internalize my own narrative of victory over the world. That's what you're afraid people are taking from it? Yep. What do you want them to take from it? Uh, it's It's not about us having our own victories it's like how do we um how do we together change and grow um for the redemption of the world okay i would say i would want them to take that desire to find something meaning in everything outside of the world of fiction and into our real life and say, what are the things that I have overlooked or am missing? Or where? how can I put some of this research into all of these things and look at the history of the world and why things work and mm-hmm. see what I can find from that? Because I think a lot of those things point to another, a, you know, a deeper story. I think of... right. Whoever that guy, the human genome guy, he's famous for like mapping the human genome and then realizing, coming to a conclusion that there is a God. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't like, I don't trust the creator of Talking Thrones to come to like good conclusions about Game of Thrones, let alone coming to good conclusions about like the world. 
And so so that but that so then that gets to my second point of like people are looking and if we have the answers we need to help them right like the guy from talking thrones is so desperate to find something and is going to miss it every time and if i have the answer to tell him i need to tell him uh well, even but i mean yeah but like if if i'm like oh the the throne isn't the point like that's uh i'm not talking about game of thrones Adrian, everything is a freaking metaphor, man. Understand that when I say Game of Thrones, I'm using it as a metaphor to talk about the exact same things that you're talking about. I do, but it, it's not very easy to follow because you're still <laughs> stuck on Game of Thrones. No, you just don't understand metaphors, man. Game of Thrones. The, I the do Iron understand metaphors. I, I understand metaphors. You just have to get rid of you. Life. Metaphors get you into the conversation, and then you ditch them when you're done with that because now you have no. people in. And then you say, this is what we're actually talking about because if I keep talking about Game of Thrones, you're going to think, why does he keep mentioning Game of Thrones? Because that's not what we're talking about. I thought we were talking about metaphors something deeper. metaphors are powerful. It's confusing. It's only powerful to get people places. And then you start confusing no. people. <laughs> metaphors are powerful in and of themselves. Okay, well, I don't think you should always talk in metaphors because then people don't understand what you're talking about. Well, Use metaphors would, to if get... If you would be more explicit, I think that would help me in my use of metaphors. Why is that on me? I don't know. You, you're the one who wants to be explicit. <sighs> Whatever. So, yeah, I mean... So yes, you can't just tell him that the throne. You can't worry about the throne, quote unquote, right? Like, I don't. It's not. It's not just going up to people and saying, "Don't worry about the throne." It's saying, "Here are the White Walkers. Here's the larger story." I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I. I I don't know. I just think the the themes are more important. Anyway, is that a metaphor too? What are the yeah. themes metaphors for? Because no, I no, thought no, you were no. talking about the actual themes the whole time. Anyway, uh, no, the themes aren't metaphors. Metaphors explain a theme so what's the theme the theme's about redemption okay okay i still don't know if i agree that redemption is more important than the larger story redemption is the larger story it's not it's though the, the larger the story is about christ the larger story. it's not a it's not redemption christ Christ's work is about redemption. Right, but it I don't want to make it about us. The the that comes from like because Christ's work of redemption, we do the things that we do. Right. But the story isn't about us and being us being redeemed. It's about right, Christ it's about and redemption. his love. Okay. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Write in and tell us how wrong we both are 
and how we just need to stop arguing because we might be arguing the same thing. We are definitely arguing the same thing. I'm I'm not entirely sure, but maybe. (laughs) Anyways, what's some recommendations for us? I don't know. I did like nothing this week. I I, I published a paper, I guess. Um, <laughs> Can we read I it? Submitted a different cover, huh? Can we read it? Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't actually think it's online yet. But um, I think we paid the uh, open source fee for it. So if you do want to read it at some point, it's called like numerical and analytical method for the investigation of scattering from beams with underwater or with orbital angular momentum in turbid water or something. Mm-hmm. So just or just go to Google Scholar and Google me. Okay. Google Scholar me, I guess. Um but yeah, I I got like no new media was consumed. Wow. I'm sorry. Other than Old Town Road. <laughs> well, do you want some? You want some new media to consume? Sure. Um, so today, <laughs> here it is. No, this is a different paper, maybe that you wrote. Is it uh, enhanced, enhanced underwater range ranging using optic yeah, vortex? Yeah, no, that's my first paper. Okay. I was just thinking, if people wanted to cite me for like a school project, they now they could. legitimately could. Yeah. And that's just a weird thought. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, here it is. A mixed numeric and analytical method for exi- investigating OAM beam scattering in turbine water. Turbid water. So so that's my uh that's my conference version of the paper that I just submitted. It just said AW Jancy on the front, so I was like, this could be me. It could be you. It's not though. Anyways, um, here, here's what you need to listen to. Okay. This week. And I hope it helps to relieve some of stress and anxiety. You're going to listen to Amos Lee. Okay. Amos Lee is a singer-songwriter from Philadelphia who listened to his newest album called uh, My New Moon. I just discovered it today because do you want to know how I discovered it? How? I went on to... Amazon Prime Music and was just scrolling through the homepage of newly released albums mm-hmm. as I do most days. And as really? I'm scrolling, I mean, I, yeah, as I'm scrolling, I'm like, hmm, this album artwork looks cool. Let me click on this. Nice. Clicked on it. My new moon. It even had moon in the title because I love the moon. And I started listening to it. And let me tell you, this guy is amazing. Um, if you Google him, I will say, if you Google him, You'll find lots of pictures that you're just like, is this the same man? Like, Google image search him, and you're like, these. this is like four different people. It's all the same guy. That is a cool um, album cover. It is. Anyways, but his oh, voice... Oh, see that now. Yeah, his voice is amazing. Um, he has lots of great things to say. Um, I think he's just fantastic all the way around. So Amos Lee... Specifically, My New Moon. Apparently, he has a famous song about apples and sweet peas or something. Um, hmm. His most famous song is Sweet Pea. Okay, well, I have to, uh, we'll have to check them out. Yeah. I've got lots of driving to do. 
because the the conference is in Baltimore. Okay. So I'm gonna. I text mom and dad. I'm like, hey, can I crash Sunday and Wednesday? And mom texts me back. Is like, did you mean to send this to us? <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, mom. <laughs> nice. Um, so I've got lots of driving to do. Get Sounds good. Amos Lee. Yeah, I don't know about his old stuff, but his new one's good. Good stuff. I'm sure his old stuff's good too, but I just haven't listened to it yet. Wow, yeah. He looks different in every single picture I've seen. It's incredible. All right. um, that's all, all right I have. Now. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Anthony, I'm looking forward to your text. <laughs> Does he send you a text every time? <laughs> Uh, no, only when we have ones like this where we can never agree on anything, but we clearly agree on everything. Oh, okay. Well, I, uh, okay. We'll leave it to the texts. No. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Have fun. See ya. See ya.